church is like uh, with Sarah. And um, if you have your Bibles uh, this morning, we're going to be in First John, several different passages of First uh, John. Uh, I did forget to mention, although uh, it's in the bulletin, uh, Saturday night, or yes, is our spring forward. We lose an hour of sleep. Uh, our most hated uh, Saturday night of the year because uh, we lose a, an hour of sleep, but uh, spring ahead. So uh, remember to do that, and uh, we'd hate for you to miss church next week. And, uh, you know, in the fall it's not so bad because if you forget, you show up for Sunday school on accident. But in the spring, you'll, you'll miss church. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, but this morning we're going to talk about a spiritual checkup. Uh, in November, uh, I went for my annual physical and uh, checkup at the doctor, and he checked out. You know, he took like 25 vials of blood and you know checked everything out. And uh, I asked Leah, I said, "Are you sure you need all of those?" And she said, "Oh yeah, we got Doctor Belknap ordered lots of stuff, lots of tests." And uh, so she took all the blood and. Uh, they did the EKG and all the kind of stuff they do and looked in my eyes and looked in my throat and looked in my ears and uh, listened to my chest, did all those things, you know, that the doctor did. And I want to create, if you've not had a checkup in a while, it's time for you to go. Uh, you need to take care of yourself. And, uh, you know, those checkups help catch problems before they turn into major problems. Um, and so it is very important uh, that you do, and because I love you, I want to encourage you to go. Um, and, uh, but just as it's important that we get those physical checkups every year, it is important that we have a spiritual checkup as well, uh, just to see where things are at and the things that need to improve. Um, and the letter of 1 John uh, gives us several different tests about how our spiritual walk, uh, and how our, our life with Christ is. So this morning, I want you to take, join me in doing a spiritual checkup. I'm not going to ask you to share your answers, uh, but I, I do want you to seriously look at yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to show you how you are doing in these areas. And here's the thing before we look at, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're a Christian that's been walking with the Lord for 60 or 70 or 80 or 100 years, if you're above dirt, there's growth that you need to do in the Lord. And there's things that the Lord is teaching you and molding you in. And that's a good thing. When God's never dealing with you about stuff and he's never changing you, that is a very bad sign because it means he's not there. And if he's not there, it's not because he doesn't want to be. It's because you've moved away from him. And, that's a, and so uh, we're going to ask ourselves some important questions uh, this morning as we look at uh, a spiritual checkup. And the first question is this. Do you walk in the light? Take your Bibles with me, 1 John chapter 1, uh, verses 5 through 10. This is what uh, John says. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. 
He who says he abides in him ought to himself walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which is this thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. And so the first test is, are we walking in light? Are we walking in light? We all came into church this morning. We were able to find our way because it was light outside, but there was also lights inside that helped brighten our way. If we came in the middle of the night, uh, by the way, sometimes I'll be up here late at night uh, for various things. This church is kind of a spooky place when you're the only one up here and it's dark outside. And the, especially the education building is old. It's as old as I am just about, and it, it is old, and it creaks just like I creak sometimes, and when you're the only one here, it's like, what on earth is that, and that happens during the day when I'm here, and it's not so bad because it's light out, I'm, but in, in the dark, that's a little bit different story, though there are exceptions, you know, most crime happens at night when it's dark. Why? Because people don't want others to see what they're doing. And what John says and what he means by asking us, are we walking in the light? It means, do you hide your life? And here's the thing, if you're doing something or saying something you won't want your preacher to hear or to see, or your wife, or your husband, just, you know, what, what case it might be, then guess what? probably shouldn't be doing it, but you also need to understand that God sees and hears it, even if you think nobody else does. God knows, and God says, listen, you're my children. The world is darkness, and the world is evil. You're supposed to be different, and so the first test in asking a spiritual checkup is, am I walking in darkness, or am I walking in the light? Do I keep things from others? Do I keep things even from God? You know, it is a futile effort to try to hide things from God. He knows it already. But mankind has been doing it since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve, you remember, as they were out in the garden, Genesis says they talked with God every day. Well, they had sinned and did what God told them not to do. And so they wrapped themselves up in fig leaves, trying to hide themselves. And they were in bushes. They, they were trying to hide from God. And you remember God said, hey, where are you? He said, how did you know you were naked? And God wasn't asking that because he didn't know the answer, just like your parent, when they asked you something, did you do X or... It, they're not asking because they really wonder. They know the answer already. And the, ans and the reason they're asking is they want you to realize 
Well, what Adam did was make excuses and try to hide. What is it? That's darkness. You remember he said, hey, God, that woman that you gave me, gave me this fruit and told me to eat it, and I did. I didn't do anything wrong. And listen, mankind has been trying to make excuses for our wrong deeds since. And guess what? It never works. Part of walking in light is, you know, walking with God and living for Him. And so God says to hey, listen to us. We need to remember and understand that if we're going to say we follow after God, then we've got to walk after God and we've got to look like Him. And I want to take you back to John chapter 1. And in John chapter 1, you remember how it begins? He said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God and the Word was with God. And John talks about Jesus being the light. And he goes on and toward about verse 17 of chapter 1 of John. He said, listen, this is the condemnation of the world. That the light of the world came into the world, but the world did not receive it. That's what condemns us, is our walking in darkness. That shows that we know. So Jesus says, listen, if you're going to follow after me, walk in light. John says, you walk in the light as Jesus is the light. Because here's the thing, if you're a child of God and you're living in a relationship with him, he's with you. He lives inside of you. And in fact, 1 John chapter 1, I think I said chapter 1, but we read chapter 2. But, uh, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. The great thing is we have a God that, that loves us And a God that wants us to be his. But if we're going to be his, we have to walk according to his ways. We need to understand that the Christian life is not just a sit back and it'll just happen life. It is an active, intentional life. And so the first thing is, is this, do we, do we walk in the light as he is in the light? Secondly, do we keep his commandments? Do you keep his commandments? Not only do you walk in the light as he is in the light, but do you do what he says? Take a, a, a look with me at 1 John 2, verses 3 and 5 through 5. Now, by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God uh, is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. 
And so John looks at this kind of in another angle. Because just as our bodies, every system in your body affects every other system in your body. When your nervous system is out of whack, your digestive system doesn't work right. When you've got a broken bone, other parts of your body don't work the way they're supposed to. Every part of our physical body affects every other part of our physical body. And every part of our spiritual self is affected by several different things. And so it's not only that we're walking in light, but that we're doing the things that God tells us that we're supposed to do. And here's the thing, if, and perhaps maybe you have uttered these words, when somebody has told you to do something, and maybe you've responded, and kids are saying, you're not my mama. We, we don't listen to people that don't have authority over us. And here's the thing, if we say we're a child of God, we say that we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior, guess what that means? It means we have given him authority over our life. And so when he tells us to do something, we do it. And so John says, this is how you know that you love God and that you are where you need to be spiritually. You obey God. Now, he's not talking just about the Ten Commandments. And by the way, there's none of us that keep all ten of them perfectly in, that we could earn our salvation. We, we, if there were just ten, we, we'd all still be in trouble. There's many more throughout Scripture. Those are the ten big ones. We have enough trouble with that. But it's not that we are saved by keeping the law. And you want to know why that is? You can't keep it. But here's the thing John wants us to understand this morning is that if you're saved, if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and makes you new. And so what you weren't able to do before on your own, now you have a helper that can help you to do it. And so now, John says, you are able to keep his commandments. God will never ask you to do anything that you're not able to do. And so when God tells you to do something, don't you say, well, I can't do that, because you can. Maybe not in your own strength, definitely not in your own strength, but with Christ as your helper and the Holy Spirit living inside of you and empowering you, you are able to keep his commandments. But here's the thing, when we fail to do that, 1 John 1, 9 again, reminds us we can go to God. And if we confess our sin, he'll forgive us. And so the, that second question, do you keep God's commandments? 
And by the way, here's the thing. As a child of God, there is an assurance that you are going to fail to keep commandments sometimes. But here's the thing. When you do, the Holy Spirit's going to get a hold of you. And usually, at least in my experience, the Holy Spirit doesn't wait. He gets a hold of like as soon if you say something you shouldn't say, as soon as it's come out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit's saying to you, You shouldn't have done that, dum dum. But here's the thing God understands that we we're gonna need forgiveness. But God knows the desire of our heart. And if we're His, we desire to keep His commandments. We may not always do it perfectly 100% of the time. And we constantly, every one of us needs to constantly go to Christ and confess sin and ask Him to forgive us. And until we get to heaven, that's going to be the state. But here's the thing, if you're a child of God, you have a desire to do what's right. You have a desire to keep God's commandments. You want to do what's right. Lost people don't want to keep God's. They don't care about God's commandments. If you're a child of God, you have a desire to keep God's commandments. And with the Lord's help, you strive to do that. And here's the thing. As you walk with Christ and the Holy Spirit's empowering your life, though you will always struggle with sin, the more you walk with Christ, the less of a struggle it should become. So that as long as you're breathing, you're still going to have some struggles. But it shouldn't be nearly as big and as hard a struggle when you're maturing Christ as it was when you were a new baby in Christ. Because you've had practice at it. And so John says, listen, do you walk in the light? Do you keep his commandments? And the third thing is, do you show love to others? Turn over to chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. They should be relatively familiar with you. We read them a few weeks ago. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And this is the love of God that was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he has loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I'm not going to belabor the point because I we used the, this passage of scripture a few weeks ago when we t- were talking about the love of God and how we live that out. But here's the thing, and a reminder to us, that if God is working in your life, and if you love him, 
a natural outflow of you loving God is that you love other people. When you recognize that you are unworthy and you are imperfect and yet God loves you and that God was able to forgive you and to cleanse you and make you new, if you really have experienced that, John reminds us, not just here, but on numerous occasions he reminds us, if you've experienced that, it will show in your life and you will love others. And as we walk and grow in Christ, our love for others ought to grow. Here's one way for you to tell if your love for others is growing. You look at your prayer list. I encourage you to keep a prayer list. And keep a journey. One thing that that does is you're able to check it off. When you get one of those prayers answered, you can check it off. And let me tell you, it's encouraging to go back uh, and look over and see, man, look at what God has done. Look at how God showed up in this situation. But about your prayer list, as you love others more, you are going to show up on your prayer list less and less and others will show up on your prayer list more and more. And so when you look at your prayer, a good way to say, do I love others? You look at your prayer list. You don't give a prayer list, you think through your mind, you think about through your prayers. Are your prayers limited? The Lord bless this food. Lord, give me health. Lord, I need money. Lord, I need stuff. Lord, uh, got this operation. Lord, my dog is sick. Lord, you know, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this issue. By the way, we should pray about the things that concern us. The Bible says if the Bible says if it concerns us, it concerns the Lord. And it's good for us to bring those things before him. But my point is, if your prayer list is 100% you, you're not loving others. But if you could love, you say, you know what, I'm, yeah, I'm, I've got a few things that are about me. But a big chunk of my prayer list is about others. And here's the place where God wants us to get to, is that our prayers are almost exclusively about others that we're praying for the lost, and we're praying for other churches, and we're praying for other believers. Not that we're not important. Listen, you're important enough that Jesus died for you. But Paul also admonishes us for us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. God doesn't want you to be a doormat, but he doesn't want you to be a self-absorbed putz either. Do you show love to others? Part of the way that's shown is by your prayer life and if you pray for others. But another part of how that's shown is how you treat others. Do you treat others with kindness? Do you give concern for others? It's one thing to say you love someone, it is an entirely other thing to show that you love someone. 
it's one thing to say, you know what, yeah, we're concerned about the homeless in our community. It is entirely another thing to build some bags with towels and toilet paper and shampoo and soap and stuff and take it uh, to those folks and in the love of Christ give it to someone that needs it. And so this third test that God wants us to examine and say, listen, how's your health, how's your love meter? Is it all about you? Is it self-love? And remember, God expects you to love yourself. He does. Because he loves you. But he also expects you to love others. And he speaks much more about loving others than he does loving yourself. So, do you love others? And then the last test is this. This last test do you have the witness of the Holy Spirit? Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 6 and 7. As John's wrapping up uh, this spiritual checklist, he says, Listen, do you have the Holy Spirit? If you're a child of God, the scriptures say you have God inside you, that God lives inside of you. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going away but I'm not leaving you as orphans. He said, I will send you a helper. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Paul reminds us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He said, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price, and you are the temple. You, God's Spirit lives inside of you. And when God's Spirit lives inside of you, he sees everything, he hears everything, he knows it all. And when something's off kilter, he lets you know about it, just like that uh, tire signal on your car when your tires get low, light comes on. Or the check engine light, when something goes on with the engine, that check engine light comes on. The Holy Spirit knows, and the Holy Spirit will deal with you. And the Holy Spirit will not only deal with you about things you're doing wrong, it will deal with you about things that you need to do right. It will say, hey, listen, you need to go to this person, maybe it's a neighbor, and you need to tell them the gospel. The Holy Spirit may prompt you to say, you know what, you need to bake a loaf of banana bread. Take it to the to one of your co-workers. The Holy Spirit will prompt you and minister and guide and direct you. His word does that as well, but the Holy Spirit will be will guide us. And so 1 John 5, 6, and 7 says this, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by, by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. That's one thing, that, you know, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this crazy truth that God is one God and yet three people or three persons. We, it's mind-boggling. It's something that we have to accept by faith. And the reality is, is that God's word reminds us and tells us that if you are living with God and you're serving him and you're walking with him, God will speak to you. Now, I've not audibly heard God's voice, 
but I have heard God's voice. And the truth of the matter is, if you're a child of God, you have too. Sometimes that voice is saying, you knucklehead, you know better than that. Sometimes it's, you know, telling me I need to call someone or do something or go visit someone. But when the Holy, the Holy Spirit is hard to understand and we're afraid to talk about him, he's a him, not an it. But we're afraid to talk about him because we're afraid we're going to be labeled a charismatic freak. And so we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater and we've just relegated him to, to the closet and we just don't talk about him. Well, the truth of the matter is, if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit works in your life. The Bible talks about the Spirit giving you gifts. You are endowed with spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives you and empowers you to use. The Holy Spirit also convicts of sin and convicts of ministry and convicts of truth. The Holy Spirit is alive and working in your life if you're a child of God. And if you don't have that sense, if you don't have that movement, if you don't have that presence of the Holy Spirit, John says that's an indicator there's a problem. It means one of two things. It either means you're not saved, though the Holy Spirit is not there. Or it means that you are saved and the Holy Spirit was there, but it's been so long since you've listened to him that you've lost tune and can't hear him anymore. And so by doing that spiritual checkup, you say, you know what, it's been a little while since God's spoken to me. And chances are it's because you're not where you ought to be and you need to do a spiritual checkup and say, you know what, I need to get some things right in my life. I need to put some things in order. And I need to start listening better to the Holy Spirit. Leslie and I have been married uh, next week, uh, no, two weeks, for 17 years. We've known each other for about 20. And it's scary that we can finish each other's sentences. In fact, what's even scarier is there's times we don't even have to utter a word but we know what the others think. Why is that? Because we've lived together a long time, and we know each other pretty well. Well, here's the thing. That's how God wants us to be in our relationship with him. That we know him so well, all he has to do is give us a spiritual look, and we know what to do. Can I tell you, God's going to shout at you if he has to shout at you. And he's going to take a two-by-four upside your head if that's what it takes to get you to listen to him. But he would much rather speak in a still, small voice. And when we're near, now if you're far away and somebody whispers, you can't hear. If they're really whispering. Now some people think they're whispering, but they're really not whispering. Because uh, across the room you can hear them. That's not whispering. But our walk with Christ should be such that the Holy Spirit just has to barely whisper to us. And we respond. And 
And when we have that relationship, guess what? God will use us. And so this message has not been to send us on a spiritual guilt trip, but rather for us to take stock and say, you know what, how am I doing with my walk with the Lord? If my relationship with God is good and where it should be, I'm walking in the light, not in darkness. And my light is characterized by light and not darkness. If I'm doing good and, and I'm healthy <coughs> excuse me, in my spiritual life, I'm obeying God's commandments. I'm living according to God's word as best I can with the Holy Spirit's help. And with Jesus Christ being an advocate up there in heaven arguing for me and fighting for me. I'm loving others. The love that I've received, if you've really received God's love, you can't contain it. Just like a balloon. You blow up a balloon, you can only blow it up so far before it pops. You've got to let some of that air out or it will burst. Well, that's how God's love is. You've got to let some of it out. But here's the thing, the more you let out, the more comes in. God's spirit, God's love is the only thing that works that way. But then we're also reminded that we have the witness of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And John says, listen, children, if God's inside of you, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, if you're obeying his commandments, you do what he says. You love others. See, all these things tie together, don't they? We've kind of separated them out into compartments to look at them separate, but you really can't have one without the other. Just like all the systems of our body work together, all of these things, attributes of the Christian life, work together to help us to be effective servants for the Lord. And so how is a checkup? The, the Lord, the, the great physician saying to you, well, you're doing good. Or is the Holy Spirit and the great physician saying, you know what, you're getting a little flabby. And your heart's not beating as smooth as it once did. And you're not as active as you once were. And you're not keeping things like you once did. Well, here's the thing. When God points out where areas we need to improve, he'll help us improve. He wants us to be whole. And the thing that keeps us from being whole is not this world, not God, it's us. We're not whole because we choose not to be. God tells us and directs us and leads us along so that we can be made whole. But in order for us to be whole, we have to listen to him. We have to live it out. And so I pray that God will help us to do that. And if God's spoken to you this morning and said, you know what, there's this little area. that You're, you, you're doing pretty good. You've got B's and maybe even some A-minuses in, in some of these areas. But maybe the Holy Spirit to you this morning is saying, you know what, Your love spreader is mighty low.
maybe the Spirit is saying to you, you know what, you need to, to love a little more. Maybe today the Spirit said, yeah, you know what, you're doing good at most of the commandments, but there's this one that you really need to work on. And here's the thing. It's not like setting New Year's resolutions where we know, you know, yeah, I'm going to go on diet, I'm going to go to the gym and all this kind of nonsense. Making this, it's actually doing it. It's actually following through. And here's the thing, the Lord sends us a helper called the Holy Spirit that will help us do what God asks us to do. Every time. We don't do it alone. We do it with God's help. And with God on our team, how on earth can we fail? Let's pray again. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love. And Lord, we thank you that even as your children, Lord, there's times we need to do a spiritual checkup. And maybe there's one here today that as we've asked and looked at these four systems, if you will, they maybe have realized this morning that they are not safe. They don't have the Holy Spirit living in their life. And Lord, today they would come to accept you and the great gift of salvation. But, Lord, there's many children who are here today that are believers. But, Lord, maybe you have, through your Holy Spirit, begun to work. Say, so you know what? Yes, you're doing well, but there's some areas that need some improvement. Lord, would you help us to make decisions today and commitments today to ask you to help us to be obedient. Lord, we want to do your will. We want to be your children. We want to be where you want us to be. We want you to help us to reach our full redemptive potential that only comes by growing in you and allowing you to have authority over our life. Lord, maybe there's one here today that needs to surrender to some act of service that you've called them to. Maybe one that you're calling to put their membership in a good local Bible-believing church. Lord, help us to be obedient so that we can be healthy. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's stand together and let's sing a, a hymn of response. And if you need to make a decision today, the altars are open. And I invite you to come and do business with the Lord that you might reach your full redemptive potential. Friend, I hope you know that without him, it would be hopeless. But friend, with him, there is absolute hope. There is an absolute assurance. 
that in him all things will be made complete. And so the things that are missing are not missing because God doesn't want to give them to us. It's because we're not willing to accept them. We're not listening, willing to obey. Let's not let ourselves hold God back any longer from doing what he wants to do in your life. God bless you. I hope God will help us. I hope that, you know, this time of year, just like, you know, uh, we said, well, we had a spiritual checkup 15 years ago. Just like we need to go to the doctor regularly, we need to take spiritual checkups regularly, and I hope you'll do that. And you can walk through the letter of 1 John. He gives uh, tests. We looked at four of them. There's a couple more that we didn't look at this morning. And go through that every once in a while. Say, you know what, how am I doing? Am I getting better? Do I see God working more and more in my life in these areas? And if you can answer yes, that means you're where God wants you to be and you're on the right road. But when you take that checkup and you say, you know what, there's not really been any change, there's not been any growth, that means you're going backwards. And that's a sign, you know what, you need to change direction. And I'm thankful that 1 John uh, 2, 1, that we didn't read, says, listen, he said, listen, I write these things that you may not sin. But if you do sin, know that you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, there's no one better arguing your case than Jesus. And he's arguing, he's fighting for you. So will you fight for him? God bless you. I hope you'll have a great week. And I remember our Wednesday night Bible study, 7 o'clock. And uh, remember, uh, supplies in that uh, bulletin uh, for our homeless outreach. Um, so please remember that. Uh, several other announcements there in the bulletin, so please do take uh, note of those and be in prayer for those that are sick and those recovering from surgery and, and different things. So God bless you. I hope you have a great week uh, in uh, the Lord. Uh, Brother Tim, would you dismiss us in prayer uh, this morning?